Hello there, welcome to episode 77 of The Empire Strikes Back, a New York Yankees podcast based in the UK. My name's Kev, I'm your host tonight, and I've got a pretty full cast tonight. Uh, happy to see I'm joined by David Andrews. How you doing, David? Not too bad, Kev. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Well, maybe, maybe not so good. Let's go on to that in a minute. Also joined by Jason Moody. Hello there, you doing all right? Yeah, not too bad, Jason. I know you're in the mood for a moan tonight, because... Oh, come on. <laughs> you love the moan zone. Um, also joined by Jack. How you doing, Jack? I'm good. I'm good, Kev. Yeah, one of my one of my managers of my sports team got sacked today, so I'm yeah. one for two at the moment. Yeah, you can't be that um, disappointed by that one, right enough. I know it's not no, a football podcast, but you just wonder who you're going to get now. <laughs> your loaded owners. Um, actually, you don't wonder if they want to buy a baseball team, do you? Anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, uh, Mark Blakemore. How you doing, Mark? Well, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, definitely least to amongst this group, I think. <laughs> okay, so. The big talking points in Yankee land at the moment, and if you look at social media, it has exploded over this news. But the big news is that Hal and Cashman have decided that plan B for the Yankees is to do plan A all over again, and brought back Aaron Boone. I can't say I'm delighted about this news. I think in the three years that Boone's been here, he's shown to be very naive in a lot of things and doesn't seem to be learning as he goes. But I'll open up to you guys. David, you want to go first since you're in the top corner of my screen see what you think about this move or this three-year deal we should mention? I was When the season finished, I really didn't think he was going to come back. I think the longer it went on with silence, it was, okay, it's a possibility, and I didn't think they were going to announce anything during the rest of the playoffs. Then when the three coaches got fired early on in the week, you think, well, he is going to come back. And then it was really three years plus an option. It was the, you know, if he was coming back, it was that length of the contract that's really surprised me. And it's, I, I you know, listening to, you know, I was listening to the one with Michael Kay, that, you know, he does exactly fit the front office bill of what they want in a manager these days which I'm not quite sure is the same as what most of the fans want. Yeah, I think that's a pretty pretty good summation, actually. I think what they want and what the fan base wants is miles apart. Jason, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think they kind of got, well, those at the top of the cake who got what they wanted, aren't they? It was a bit of a yes man. Yes, he's naive, he makes bad decisions, he's always um, joke he, well, I say joke, but he is, you know, the mouthpiece, he's their puppet. And he'll continue just to go along with whatever how and Cashman does. It doesn't fill me with great optimism, but then I'm the world's greatest moaner anyway. But yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't. Looking forward, really looking forward to the start of next season. I don't know what we're going to do in six months. But yeah, going into new season, it could be same old, same old, right up, you know, all up the same carpet and same old train comes chugging in. Which I know I've got a pessimistic and think it is, but yeah, in a nutshell, for me, not, not a great decision. Jack, how are you feeling? Um, I'm going to be, I'm on, I'm along on the same lines as everyone else, which is a little bit sort of about it, but not surprised at the same time. As David said, when when you start firing individual coaches as you go, it shows that they're not they're not cleaning house. They're saying, yeah, like this, but we're we're removing this part, we're removing that part, but we're still keeping the head essentially. So I get that, and to to say that because I didn't I never knew this, but Nevin and Boone are like that, best yeah. mates. I never quite knew, I knew they were friends, I didn't know they were best mates. 
And by all accounts, Nevin was the one that um, sort of stood up against analytics and might have even been making a few calls gone wrong throughout the season of other than his third base coaching. Um, it is what it is, really, to be honest. The, the Yankees are analytical. You do Even with Cashman being there, you sack Boone, you're just going to get Boone 2.0. You're not, mm. not going to get a short or Bruce Brody walking through the door. Not, that's just not going to happen anymore. That is what it is, and it's those those days are gone. So, sticking with a guy that's been there knows the players. Silver linings is trying to find some somewhere along the line because you can't just be. Is he's there for three more years? Probably four. Cashman was probably bullshitting a little bit by saying he's the number one free agent manager. <laughs> yeah. sounds, but but it is what it is, and. I think the player recruitment's got to be better rather than, yes, Boone had his issues. Yes, Boone was a, I thought I wanted him to go, but I think player recruitment's got to be a lot better than what has been over the recent three or four years. I think it is fair to say you called it as soon as, we will touch on the coaches in a minute, we will, we will get to that, but as soon as you said they had announced M3 had left, you called it straight away that Boone's staying. If they were getting rid of him, they would have got rid of them all together. And I do think there's your fall guys, there's your scapegoats, you know, we're, we're taking them away, be happy, but we're going to do everything else the same. So, Mark, you're usually pragmatic in these things. How are you thinking? I am being pragmatic. I, I, just to put a different perspective on it, I suppose, in the interest of balance. And I don't fully subscribe to this, but let's just put the balanced argument out there. Like they said in the press announcement, Boone's averaged in his first three seasons, 98 wins a season. That is normally good enough to win any division. Um, I think, like Jack touched on, the problems this year weren't so much with Boone, albeit he did make the occasional daft decision. It was more, as we've all touched on in the podcast, with the roster construction. So I am being pragmatic. This is the way it's going to be. I struggle to think that actually anybody coming in is going to be significantly better. When we started out at the start of the season, we were about to guess as to how many get how many wins we'd, get, we'd end up with. And we were all around the 95, 96, there might have been somebody around 98 mark. We finished, oh, at nine, we finished at 92, so we were below par, but it wasn't that much below par over the course of the season. After we made the trade deadline trades, we were markedly better, both in terms of how the team looked and the results that followed. So I'm not doom and gloom about this. I think there is a lot to be said for keeping somebody who you know and who knows the players. All the change isn't good. I think they've identified for me the big problem with last year, which was the hitting. We ranked 10th out of 15th in terms of hitting more. So I think Thames had to go. So for me, the appointment of the hitting coach for next year is going to be one that I'm going to be looking at with a lot of interest. So I am being pragmatic. I'm okay on balance with Boone staying. I'm not ecstatic about it either. I'm not certain that whoever we got in is going to be markedly better than 92 win. Do you, to put a question to you, do you think there was more than one game last season that we lost because of Boone's management, because of his decisions in the game? 
I think there were more games lost from the players not performing in the eighth or ninth inning. We both know those blow-ups, like the Angels game, for example, the Mets game, yeah. where you, man, you remember those more than the managerial mistakes, albeit some of the managerial mistakes we're not always party to. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the problem is well. you, you don't actually know if it was Boone making the call or being instructed to make some of these calls. And I think pretty early on in the season, all of us were kind of of the opinion that Boone was a bit of a puppet. So sometimes I do think, are we being unfair, being harsh on Boone, if we do believe that he is a bit of a puppet? Because if he's not making all of the calls, then, you know, throwing him under the bus for them probably is a bit off. I've got to admit, I'm get this horrible feeling with the Yankees that we're in this sort of do the same thing over and over. I sound like a broken record because as we come into this year, it was one of my big gripes was the, the moves that we made pretty like for like. You know, we let Tanaka go and brought in Corey Kluber who potentially could have been potential high upside but had a lot of potential downside in it, in it bit as in the arse. But I thought when you looked at the roster at the start of the season, we were pretty much the same as last season. And that was a big, big problem. And you are absolutely spot on. I think the moves we made in the summer did help to sort of balance the lineup. But there's a lot of work to do this winter. And I, I, I've got to admit, I'm of the opinion that a bit like others uh, like David and Jack and stuff have said, the bigger issue, I think, is the front office. I don't think the biggest issue at the Yankees is Aaron Boone. I get the feeling the front office are a little bit out of touch with modern baseball. I think you look at other teams, you look at the way they go about their business and you look at the way they conduct themselves. I get the feeling that the Yankees are a little bit out of touch. How, I don't know, I don't know if he's got that sort of Steinbrenner arrogance where he knows better than everyone else, but it kind of feels a bit like that for me. The way the, sorry, sorry, when you go. Is, he's got the Dodgers, so you've got the Yankees and Dodgers, right? Who yep. Arguably biggest markets. Yeah, big, biggest teams, markets. biggest markets, yep. The Dodgers win the World Series, and then they go and get Max Scherzer, Trey <laughs> Turner. All yeah. they, they go and improve. Whereas the Yankees don't win anything, but yet they think they're they're they, they think they're the top. Still think that, as Boone said in that quote, which was put up with us. No, we we we're so far behind them. Yeah, for the best part of what twenty years now. Yeah, it's not. It's. They're just not who they think they are anymore. No. They're not acting like the Yankees. We're by the, we're trying to be the Rays <laughs> when we're not the Rays. But we're half we trying to be the Rays. We, we're just not good enough. Okay. We're, not, we're not good at it. We need to, you need to become the Yankees again. And that means mm. how Simon Brenner putting his hand in his pocket. I know he spent a lot of money, 200 million a year anyway, but that doesn't stop the Dodgers from going spending money. It doesn't stop them from improving their World Series winning team yeah. already. So they, they built, they built to, on they their success. The Yankees again, to be honest. David, what were you going to say there? Sorry. Very much following on from Jack, is we don't know almost like the Yankees don't seem to know what they want to be anymore. Yeah. They want to be a front office analytical run team, in which case they're not as good as the Rays. Do they want to splash the cash? They're not the Dodgers. Do they want to come up with a couple of big free agent signings a year like George to placate the fans? But then if you're going to be, you know, financially budgeted and sort of driven, if you come up with that level of spend, then you're scratching around in the rest of the squad. Some, you know, we just need to say, what are we going to be? I think the problem is that we're trying to be a bit of everything. We're trying to be a wee bit of that, a wee bit of this, and it it, it just doesn't work. I, as I say, I, I think personally, I believe that they're so out of touch. I think there's an arrogance uh, among 
um, Steinbrenner and Cashman, who are effectively family. I know they're not related, but Cashman's been there that long. He's effectively part of the Steinbrenner um, dynasty now anyway. I just get the feeling that they're like, we know better than everyone else and we won't have anyone tell us how to do things. And yep, Yankees fans and people in the media and be ex-players like Sabathia can tear the tear the organisation apart. But I think they sit in there and go, well, we know better than them. They don't know. That's what it feels like from the outside anyway. I don't know if you guys feel the same. Don't know Cash, Cash was never going. Sorry, Cashman was never never going to go. As, as, nah. as we've said, we've said loads of times on this podcast, Cashman essentially is family. So yeah. that's that's where that's where the Boone almost the Boone decision doesn't really make a difference. If you could have had you have Boone back for ten more years, as long as Cashman's there, he's the one that's running it, and he's almost he's sort of developed this kind of like because he he's had the money before in the past and spent it on a rod and CC etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. It's almost like he's got this arrogance, like you say, Gev. That oh, I'm going to build a team on Luke Voigt's on. Yeah. Cameron Mabins on sort of um, Mike Topmans. They're the ones I want to build. But we're not, we're not, that's not who the Yankees are. If you want to go and nope. do that, go, go to Pittsburgh Pirates and do that. We need to, we need to become essentially the Dodgers now. Yeah. The, the Dodgers don't care. They'll go, right, okay, we'll, we'll blow past this luxury, luxury tax threshold like it's nothing because we can afford to do it. So, yeah, Cashman's the one that's calling the shots and you want to play it that way, so I don't think we're ever going to go back to those days with Steinbrenner at the helm as well. I know I've said this before, right, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that we spend $400 million on payroll, but both the Yankees and the Dodgers could spend $400 million on payroll and still make a lot of money each year. They turn over that much money. The market's so big. The Yankees and the Dodgers, in my opinion, should be the big market teams and they should be spending money. To say that we could be the Rays and build a team like that, it would need a massive rethink of the whole organisation. But even then, there is a Yankees tax when we go looking for players. We've talked about it many times over. There's players that we go for that will cost us more in prospects or more than other teams have to pay. And that's just the nature of being the biggest team and in the big market. But I think, um, I don't know, I just think we're kind of trying to be a bit of this and a bit of that and it's not working. And I do agree, I think Cashman and Steinbrenner are a match. I would love it if they sold the team on and got ownership coming in, kind of similar to the Dodgers who were ambitious. I just, You just wonder where, what Hal's game plan is. What, what does he see for the Yankees? Does he see making the postseason as success? I mean, George will be turning his grave if he does. I mean, that's often how it, I've seen it written generally early. Crawl or you, you know, stampede into postseason and don't get much further than say, I don't know, the, the ALDS. And great, we've got there, that's fantastic. That's one other thing ticked off. And if it's another season, we, you, I think, at the minute, inevitably, we don't make that World Series game, they'll say, Yeah, well, we made the postseason. So, yeah, come on, that's good. That's how it reads to me, reading a lot of stuff online, which you probably shouldn't. But some of the things that come through the uh, social media and other outlets. And some of the Yankees seem to get the impression that make posts, that's good, that's okay, we can live with that, or how can live with that. But yeah, the guys and all the other fans, and surely folk within that organization must think that's, that's the start, isn't it? Still, who we are, what we should, well, I say should, because that's another, we should, yeah, should be achieving, given the size we are, the money we could have, we should be achieving more. But yeah, to just getting this, it's just postseason, or just crawling into the postseason, it seems like enough. It's just, it's mediocre, I don't know. It's just making do. It's just, yeah, not great. Mark, 
I, I think um, what what came out on the the whole press conference for me was Cashman being quite honest about some of the deficiencies in the team. Um, and he made it quite clear that we're in the market for shortstop this this off season because shortstop was a position of need, and he was very clear on that. So. You know, when we're talking about, if we, if we talk at the end of this part about who's going to be the short team starting shortstop for the Yankees <laughs> next season, I don't think it's going to be Gleyber Torres now. Um, that ship sailed. So what we need to look at is is the deficiencies in really the spine of the team, catcher, shortstop, centre field. Those are the yeah. major Essential. areas of concern for me, particularly shortstop now, because... You know, we may do in the last 20 or 30 games with a mixture of you know, Gio and Anthony Velasquez, but it's not a long-term solution. And fortunately, there are quite a few big big players coming into free agency at shortstop in the off-season. So we're going to be in the market and link to a few of those. But what was good was Cashman actually admitting, yeah, the construction of the, 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 the squad wasn't right, um, which, is, which is down to him, yeah. Yeah, sorry, cut in there, Mark, but how could he not see that when we could see that last season? We we talked about this over the winter that it was a big, big call to Glenn McLeaver Torres. He wasn't good enough at shortstop and we were going back with the same plan again. We had major concerns at catcher, going back with the same guy again. How as fans, if we don't have a clue, how can we see this yet? They're analytics guys who are supposedly crunching all the numbers and looking at all this stuff and have all this data and all this technology. How can they not see that? How could they not see that coming? Or is their data just a little bit flawed to the fact they thought it was going to turn around? But like our instinct, I don't get it. I don't get how they could get it so wrong. You could see it coming a mile off. You've got Sanchez as a guy he invested a lot of money in from when, when he signed him up to his so I think he's rookie contract. You've got Gleyber Torres, who he made the big deal for. Um, Aaron Hicks, who he's given a five-year deal, is it worth? So yeah. these these players, the, the, the DD, the DD not offering DD a contract. Yeah. Could he say, well, I've, it could be a bit of stubbornness on his part. He's kind of, I'm going to throw Gleyber in there. One, to justify, the, not to justify the trade, because the trade was justified, but to sort of prove everyone he can play shortstop instead of DD. Um, Gary Sanchez, I'm a big Gary Sanchez fan, but you can't you can't keep trotting him out, expecting no. him to be saying we know what he is now. He's a backup catcher. Yeah. Um, Aaron Hicks has three years in a row. He's hardly played any games mm-hmm. since the contract, essentially. Um, so I think it's a bit of stubborn that, on, on Cashman's so, part as well. Sorry to keep butting in. Did I read a start recently that Jacoby Ellsbury played more games than Aaron Hicks? For the Yankees, could could well have. I, I, <laughs> that, they're both they're both as bad as each other. Really. Exactly, but that that kind of shows you how bad things have been with Hicks in recent years. Because Hicks Hicks was a fantastic player when he came over. When we first got him, he was a switch hitter with a cannon of an arm in in the centre field, and I, I really liked the guy. But he definitely has declined over the last few years, especially his defence. Um, now maybe that was down to the injury. It more than likely was, but. Why would they keep trotting him out there if they, he was injured and he was struggling so badly? I, I don't know. I, I just we could see it coming into this season that it was going to be a repeat of the season before because the the roster construction was pretty much identical to what we had. All they had replaced 
was like for like. They hadn't improved the squad. They hadn't went out and got any of the guys that were there. And and that's the frustrating bit for me. And that's this whole, are we half the Rays? Are we half the Dodgers? Are we half whatever? It was kind of a bit of everything. Instead of looking at it and going, well, there's guys there that could probably really improve our roster. Do we go and get them? No, we'll, we'll go for reclamation projects, which seems to be something Cashman really favours. You know, the Corey Clubbers, the... I've just drawn, drawn a blank in my mind now, but there's been more of these guys over the last little while. Um, don't be wrong, we were, we were unfortunate. This, you know, you know, the Darna Day thing was unfortunate. Um, but again, I think a few people called that with his arm action and stuff that it would be easy to see him break down. But I think we were unfortunate with certain, certain um, injuries like that. But overall, the roster just looked exactly the same as the season before where we came up short. So should it have been a surprise that we... Came up short this year? I don't think so. Is there a perception that he's along the stubborn sort of thread that he's trying to more think about his legacy? Because he's come out quoted before, I'm not interested in a championship. I'm interested in championships. And we're not constructed for that. But is it more that he doesn't want to be the GM that's renowned for winning championships, but having almost like ball success? He wants to prove that he can be a great GM getting by on a, not a shoestring, but on a, you know, he, he knows better in terms of the the, the, the um, squad that he can put together. Yeah, he, want, he wants to essentially make the Yankees the Rays, essentially. He wants to do it as the Rays are doing it, which, again, it's fine if you're the Rays, but we're not the Rays. No. So, it's, he's, he's just, I, don't, I, I can't say any other different other than what you said, David, he's, He's trying to trying to win it on a on a on a budget. When we're the Yankees, we don't have to win it on a budget. We 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 can we can go and get those free the free agent stars and go and afford it. So and I think obviously the the ownership are encouraging it as well because they're they're not going to know the money let's spend it. They're going they're seeing the sort of the limited budget and going oh hang on yeah we'll we'll take that. They can trying to do it on the cheap, essentially. So, yes, it's a bit of a weird one. We're, we're sort of, as, as everyone said, we're sort of identities at the moment. We don't know who we really want to be. Yeah, I, th- I think you make a good point there, Jack. I think certainly he, I think we said that a few podcasts ago as well. If, it, if we want to be the Rays, they need to completely clear out that front office and go and employ the guys. Now, Boston did it, didn't they? They, they went and got a GM or was it, they got guys who are ex-Rays. And CC, I haven't listened to R2C2, I haven't had a chance yet, but I believe CC was absolutely destroyed, the organisation, saying that basically we get beat with Boston, was that 2017, 2018? We get beat by Boston and they had a core of players and they traded most of that core away and they've developed another core of amazing players and have just kicked their asses again. And it's like, how are are the Yankees, and, and David, you raised a great point earlier, which I'll let you come on to. We have destroyed most of the core of that team. You know, they've declined while Boston have traded guys away, retooled and brought through another core of players. Why are other teams able to do that, but the Yankees just seem to plod along doing the same thing? I was listening to part of Michael Kay where he mentioned that if you lined up the Red Sox 9 against the Yankees 9, how many of the Yankees would actually make that squad. And it's almost the fact that you're saying, 
the Red Sox have retooled, improved, moved on ahead. When if you look at Sanchez, Torres, Torres, Andujar, you know, Hicks, yes. that you know, they're not the players that they were 2017, 2018. That's right. So, you know, even if we looked trade bait, they're not, you know, would be selling at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're absolutely spot on there. I think bringing Torres back for another season, playing um, shortstop, just continued his woes. And early in the season, they should have been able to see that and say, right, this is not working. Let's get him back to second base because he did improve when he went back to second base. He started to look a bit more confident again. Now, he could have probably had a decent run at the season um, and sort of rebuilt his, his reputation. Now we're going into this winter, and I, I don't know about you guys, but I wouldn't be sad to see us trading Glaber Torres away. But the kicker is we'll be trading him from a down year rather than trading him from his true true value, if you like. The thing, um, the thing about you say trade, you wouldn't wouldn't necessarily <coughs> mind if you saw trade Glaber trading. He did show towards the end of the season, yeah, player that he can be at second base. I think very much with him, it's that mindset. When he's at second base, he feels comfortable. Yeah. And he feels confident and he can show those qualities that um, sort of got him to where, where he was hitting 30-plus home runs, this and the other. I think that player isn't the player he is, but I think that confidence could could shore him up. But I was, I was, I was listening to the same thing, David, you said about Michael Kay, saying about who would you put in the Yankees lineup in the Red Sox lineup who would beat them out, essentially. Funny thing about that was, it was all he was talking about it, but it was all about defending Boone. That was that was the bottom line. It wasn't about who would you actually put in. His point was you'd only put in Judge Torres. So he said everyone's lauding um, Cora, but actually Boone had a worse team. So can you really can you really say that the Red Sox beat us? If that makes sense, it's like almost like a like a crutch for Boone's performance. Yeah, I took out of it rather than oh this player in. It was all about. Oh, it's a bit of an excuse for Boone's performance or the the Yankees' performance this year, which I thought was a bit of a maybe a, a Yankees employees kind mm-hmm. of um, take on on things. There. Mark, yeah, I mean, I, I think I still think the Red Sox are overperforming at the moment. I don't think they're a markedly better side than we are. Actually, um, they won the same number of games. They've come into a bit of form. They're hitting home runs like. It's going out of fashion in the postseason. They've just run into a bit of form, and you know, some 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 of their players are playing out of their skins, and they'll never do it again. Like you know, Kiki Hernandez has never had a run like this; he never will again. So, I think there's an element of they've got a better manager. Core is a better manager than Boone. Let's be honest about it. Um, I don't think they're a better side, not necessarily. I think we've got the tools, particularly on the pitching. I think we've definitely got a better pitching staff than they have. So, for me. It is just about the kind of three core positions up the centre that we just need to upgrade on. We'll be, I think, we can be a match for anyone in the division next year. It's going to be a tough division. There's no doubt about it because Toronto. There's, I think, if you look at the season overall, there's no doubt that Toronto playing over in Buffalo really. If you look at the difference in their numbers, now maybe it was just that the form changed when they went back to Toronto. But you can kind of look into that and feel that that definitely hurt them a lot playing there, um, and p- potentially, you know, Boston might not have even made the wild card if if um, 
if Toronto had, had hadn't been playing there. But I think they're going to be a really good team next season. I think the Yankees have got a big, big off season ahead of them. I mean, they they, they have to sort the shortstop position. In my opinion, they have to sort the center field position. I don't think they will sort the catching position. I think it'll be Sanchez and Tagashioka again next year. I don't think they'll do anything there. I don't think there's much available unless it's via trade. I just I, I have a feeling that that will be the same. I still think the rotation needs a fair bit of work as well. Um, I don't know who they're going to get for that. Um, but I mean, we should probably talk about obviously uh, Marcus Thames and Phil Nevin and I'm not even going to attempt to say the assistant hitting coach's name because I can't <laughs> is it Pilotere or Pilotere or something um, all three of them seem to be the scapegoats that we've got rid of um, now Phil Nevin when you look at the amount of times we were caught at the home plate 22 22 I mean he's not a very good third base coach let's be honest and I think he the mistake he made with Judge in that game against Boston really killed their momentum. Um, so I'm not sad to see him go. As we've mentioned, him and Boone were very close. So you wonder what effect that will have on Aaron Boone when he gets a coaching staff foistered on him, how he'll react to that. Um, Thames, as, as Mark pointed out, were hitting was appalling this season. Is there any candidates we think you would like to see coming in now? Couldn't name you one. <laughs> no, I'm not a bit sure. The thing is, it's hard. It's hard to know who translates from being a good, like a good coach to like a hitting coach. If you know what I mean, a good. He might have been a good hitter, but it doesn't always translate to someone being a good coach. Beltran. I think Beltran's more of a possibility for a head coaching job somewhere. To be honest, because think he after the Mets be... thing, do you think well, he'll get yeah. a job somewhere? I think he could well do. Where, where, if if, if Cora's has got a job and Hinch has got a job, yeah, true. Beltran, but they had experience job. and had actually been where, successful. Where, where I think I I, I I don't agree with you, Kevin, is this maybe it's just the use of the word scapegoat, because you just made, outlined extremely good reasons why those people lost their jobs. <laughs> That's true. So, so, so they're not scapegoats. Fall guys, um, maybe I think is possibly a better. They're, they're people who haven't performed, therefore deserve to lose their jobs. The question mark is whether Boone should have been with them or not. That and Cashman. Them, and, and or Cashman, yeah. yeah. I don't think that makes them escape notes as such. I think they're just, they were natural casualties. Boone was the really wilty. So. Yeah, good point. Um, I, I think the thing that pisses me off the most if we go back to Boone is if it was a one-year deal, I could get on board with it because I did have this kind of notion in my head that we might get Donny baseball next year when his contract was up with Marlins and that would be the perfect scenario for me would be a guy like him coming in with experience and a hero um, never got to win a World Series as a player and comes back and does a kind of Joe Torre thing where gets to the World Series and wins it as a Yankee and I thought that this is the kind of little fairy tale I was playing off in my head and Giving him a three-stroke, four-year deal has just kind of pissed on my chips. So that's that's also been another bit of a, a bit of a bad one for me. So, do you think we've covered that enough? And else get anything else they want to put in there? Or I mean, the only other thing is if you wanted me play, you know, again the um, 
people being thrown out of the plate. Um, there was no um, Boone didn't throw get people thrown out of the plate. Boone didn't hit into all the True. innings ending double you know double plates. <laughs> double plays, mind you. Yeah, yeah. But, you know there is that thing of now whether he fired the players up, whether he was too defensive with the players, whether he was too supportive of the players. There's almost a, there's a spark needed somewhere that's not there. But, you know, that's probably where the front office would be coming from because he, you know, he, they think he managed to the best of his ability and he's one of the best people out there. Yeah, I mean, I still love Aaron Boone. For 2003 alone, I still love Aaron Boone. It's one of my favourite moments. Genuinely, I'd only really majorly started watching the Yankees that season and I was going absolutely crazy when that happened. It was just brilliant. So... I do love Aaron Boone and I, I like him the way he comes across. I think he's he's good with the media. I like listening to him and stuff. I think he his first couple of seasons you were kind of like, right, he's made some silly moves, especially late in the game. Um, we'll let him away with it. He didn't seem to learn last season, which kind of annoyed me. But as I, as I touched on earlier, I don't know how much that's him making the call or the analytics guy saying this is who you should put in in this position. So it's difficult these days because... It used to purely be down to the manager, and nowadays you're just questioning everything. So, listen, Boone might be, it might prove to be the right move with the right coaching staff behind him and a decent, you know, the right guys coming into these key positions, then he might prove to be the right guy. I hope it is. I hope it's, I hope it's the right move. And depending how these um, next three to four years, that could be the worst thing that ever happened to the Yankees. <laughs> exactly. The Aaron Boone home run. Yeah. Because without that, he isn't the New York Yankee manager. Yeah, that's true. That. So that could, yeah. depending on how it goes, it could be one of the worst things to happen to the Yankees in recent years. Yeah, and I've got to admit, his little game of basketball in 2003 robbed me of, of Soriano, who was my favourite player, which did upset me a lot. Although we got A-Rod back, who was, yeah, he was a pretty decent player, although it was a roller coaster, but Soriano was my absolute favourite player at the time, and he got traded away for, for A-Rod, so that, that hurt a lot. Um, but yeah, I suppose we've kind of covered Boone enough. Um, I personally think for the Yankees to really progress as a club, I think the biggest problem is, is Hal Steinbrenner, but uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I can't see him selling up anytime soon, so I guess we just need to hope that him and Cashman come up with a plan and get it going. But some of the other news that's going on um, with the Yankees at the moment is... Obviously, DJ LeMay, who was out at the end of the season with a sports hernia, he has been for surgery and should be back in time for the start of spring training. How big would it be for the team if you could get previous season's DJ back and not last season's DJ, who clearly it probably explains a little bit about his performance if he was suffering with a sports hernia? Oh, yeah, it's it's almost like a, yeah, a bit like a Luke Voigt, remember he had that season yeah. before he had his home run lead in season so it could it could be explained away his below average season this year yeah and, and he's key isn't he if we can get him backfiring all cylinders because he's so versatile yeah it's just a massive game of unknowns isn't it but if we get the DJ we all want to love and he's massive and if he turns up next season fit ready to go and performs as we all would love him to then that's massive for us massive yeah, I mean, I think one of the things the Yankees really badly need to address this winter 
is guys who hit for average. And we definitely need to add guys who can run. I think would them agree with that? That's... Yeah, but where where so where would those players fit in? I think we're pretty much set on what eighty five percent of the lineups probably already set. Why? Can we not trade guys? No, but I'm just saying well where so who you who you so you got you got Judge can play right field, Hicks is playing centre, let's be honest. No, no, he's not. Uh, Hicks, I think Hicks, I think about in the next season with Hicks playing centre. I think about you next season. Your left Hicks fielder will be Joey field. Gallo. You got right. your first baseman's up for grabs. Second baseman's going to be Glaber Torres. Shortstop's up for grabs, and third baseman's going to be Geo and catch probably going to be Gary or Higgy. So you're talking first base and shortstop. First base, but, shortstop, centre field, third base. I went big against trading Geo if the right guy was there. There's so yeah, many. No, we're, we're talking about where. Like what realistic they're not trading they're not going to trade Geo why uh, this, is, this is this is what I think is the biggest problem of the Yankees and we are actually accepting the fact that we're going to come back with the same shit as this season and the season before and we're going to be sitting here in a year's time going where did it all go wrong oh that's right we come back with the same players and we try to do the same thing again the team the construction of the roster is it was more than just the fact that we were too right handed right we did address that a bit with Gallo who by the way, Gallo's movable as well. There's nothing to say we can't move Gallo last year. His contract. Trade I, I doubt they I will because he's a lefty bat. And I, I must say, I fully agree with you, Kev. Yeah. I think um, I, I'd be up for trading trading Gio Shella. I yeah. think DJ goes at one of first or third base. Yeah. Don't really know which one of those at or, the moment. Or probably he's flexible. Of probably first. Um, I'd still look at centre field. If the budget stretches to it, I'd try and get Starling Marte. Agreed. Who gives you Picks them all. The, the, the speed that you want and the kind of the, the, the centre fielder that you need. That might be a bit too much on the budget side if they're going to try and get a big shortstop, like, like a Story or a Seager, something like that. Or a career. I'm 100% on career, by the way. Me, me as well, Jack. I, I've, he is the biggest... Osser, as soon as he put the pinstripe, I'll defend him every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. <laughs> I do job. not care what he's done. He's, <laughs> if he's same. wearing a Yankees cap, he's the best shortstop that ever played the game. I have he, more. He's wearing an Astros cap where anyone else is the biggest knob yeah. going. I, I, I have morals. Going. Yep, I have morals, but I'm willing to get rid of them if he comes and succeeds at the Yankees. I've got sure. a price. <laughs> he plays for the Yankees. That's Mate, my I'm price. the same. I'm all in on career. I really am. I would love it. I think it's a kind of. I think it's arrogance. It's a, I love it's his a kind of move the Yankees. And hate it at the same time. Yeah, I think it's a kind of move the Yankees love. I really do. I would not be surprised by that. What about you trade Geo, sign Seager, you sign. You sign Korea, you sign Marty. World Series. Yeah, that's, that's what the Dodgers would do. Trade Tatis Jr. No, these three guys are available. <laughs> these three guys are available and it's, it's doable. It's doable. And it would be a signature move if like, we said, you know, the Dodgers spend, yeah. I would think, if we actually took what like, they're Starting shortstop, that would be a signature move. I was actually looking at Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays. Yeah, he's he. It takes him away from them as well, and he's he's a fantastic player. The, the other guy, yeah, no, I, I could. 
I seen us linked with Javi Baez today, which I don't see that move working out because he's more of a second baseman, and we are. So the way, the way he handled New York with the Mets, I'd stay clear. Yeah, I quite like him though, but we have to start. We have two um, second basemen already. But then, as, as Mark said, then you play DJ at first, or you go really crazy, sign Rizzo, and then you've got DJ spot starting everyone else. Oh man, that, that's 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 what they need to do. See, I, I would sign Rizzo. I would love Rizzo. I, 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 I think yeah. he's going to be. Re- I think he's really good to that club. Although he didn't pan out well, but I just love. I love every at bat. I just love watching his at bats. Yeah, I would love it. Mm-hmm. And, and his defense. It's just brilliant yeah, to watch. The, the, when he said to um, Rugi that yeah, don't worry yeah. about playing third, just throw it anywhere near first base. I've got you covered. Brilliant. That's the type of guy I want in my clubhouse. Is he back next year? No, he's free agent. Is he a they reckon free he might go back to the Cubs. They reckon they're going to yeah. do like a, sort of trade him away. Then yeah, I don't, I don't think again, he's, a right, he's, he's a right guy for the Yankees next season. That's for sure. Him. Yeah. But I mean, that, I, let, let's be honest. If, if this was... George Steinbrenner era, I would be sitting here thinking, I want Seeger, I want Marty, and I want Correa. Mm-hmm. The Hal Steinbrenner era, you're sitting here thinking, pennies. what reclamation projects are we going to get for each project, for each position? Because you could then you could then start packaging guys up like Geo and stuff like that, and look at adding some cheap pitching to offset it. You know, some some cost-controlled pitchers. I don't. I think the rotation. But we need another. It depends well, where Severino got, is. Kluber yeah, won't Kluber. come back. He does come back. Come won't back. Be any, he won't be he's, anywhere near the eleven million he got paid this year. No, but you could think if he's going to be a nine million or something like that, the Yankees possibly might might be in with him. I read there somewhere that the doors open for Tanaka. Yeah, one of it. Yeah, I, I'm, I think Tanaka I was think, a big yeah, mistake like last a season. Situation. Mm. I don't think Cashman would ever go back. Because the other injury that you you think you're going to touch on, Kev, was uh, James Tayano. Yeah, so he's having I, surgery and he's out for five months, so he's not he, going to get back until that start of the regular season. I think he's done his Achilles. May I heard May. Guy's guy just yeah. a, a you got to feel for him. You really have, and I think Tyon was a, a positive this year. I think he was as expected. He was up and down, which you know for a guy that was out that long. But I think overall. It was a positive move, and it was one I was very unsure of. But I think he, I think he, he there was more good than bad. Is probably the best way to put it. Um, so I'm a bit gutted about that. Um, but again, from an urgency perspective, what the last game was first week in October. Yeah. Why is he now apparently only going to have his operation on the 28th of October? I'm assuming he did not do that during a game, did he? Because I, never, I mean, a torn Achilles, I'm assuming it's something that's happened in the winter. Yeah, I was just trying to think, could that not have been done three weeks earlier and then you're looking at April, not May? It's yeah. Just... The Yankees have history of that, of course, don't they? Of sitting on injuries and, and not making their mind up and then it, it taking longer. But, yeah, what about Luke Voigt? I like him. If he... I mean, what does that everyone else think of him? I quite like him when he's on song. He's a he's a decent player, but like you say, he's only what most people are open to passing on pieces to get better pieces. But I quite like him. I I think I I don't know with Voight. I think 
I would have traded him last year. I think I said that last winter. I would have traded him when his stock was high. Um, and that ship sailed now. So you're, you're kind of going to be trading him off of a low season, which I think he's mm. got more value to the Yankees coming back. Um, I don't think... I suppose if you have DJ Kane as your first baseman, platooning with Voight, because DJ can then... DJ can play anywhere apart from shortstop, can't he? Across the infield. So he, he can be kind of spotting your guy at third and and second so what's the thoughts I don't, I don't know he seems to believe the odd one out in one, in one sense yeah. and he and he's become more and more injury prone um, I, I'm not sold on him yeah quite I could be but I, I think he could just be the odd man out particularly if they go out and they buy you know a big, big shortstop then we've got one too many people yeah yeah I, mean, I, don't, I don't think I'd all come back. No, I, I see him, I see Voight being traded more than Gio, I think. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Gio is he's proven he's got versatility. You know, he's proven he can play adequate shortstop. He can play third. He could probably play first if you asked him to. Um, I think you wanted to move into as well. Yeah, I think he's, he's pretty much a good player in that regard. So I think he's on a team-friendly deal. I'm not sure what Voight's situation is. Is he, is he uh, going to arbitra- not arbitration? Not sure, to well, yeah. more year of arbitration, I think. Has he? So, but he'll yeah, be he'll be on pretty decent money after his season in twenty twenty twenty. So, yeah. And then if you're looking at DH, is it Voigt? Is it Stanton? I have to admit, for me, Stanton looked more engaged when he was mm. actually playing the outfield. So completely. So yeah, hundred so percent. Gallo can play first base. Yeah, and he's a lefty. As you're saying, that's all leading to Voight almost being the odd man out. Yeah, surplus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose if he's... He's bad as good. His defence is... Mm, meh. So it's, you're kind of... I suppose... He has an option for DH. And, you know, starting at first to give DJ a rest or let DJ play another position. So... I don't know. I think there is a lot of flexibility in this roster. There's a lot they can do. You know, you could guy a guy like Gio or Shella would have good trade value. He's on a team friendly deal. He's I think he's he's not reached um has he reached arbitration yet? Who's that? Gio. I'm not actually sure what his contract situation is, but I mean you've got to think he's on a pretty pretty cheap deal anyway. For the production he gives you and the defence he gives you, he's gonna he would be bring back a fair bit bit in a trade, I think. Um, and Duhar, I don't know what happens with him now, I think. And of course, um, are we just assuming that, um, what's his name, Red Thunder, what's his actual name? Little ginger guy. Fraser. 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 I couldn't think of his woman name there. We're assuming he's he's finished, I think. Although he's just playing down what everyone said about him, as regards his injury, isn't he? Say that again, sorry? I think he recently said he was playing down what... Um, media or what have you had said about it's basically just saying well, it's not that bad you know I've still got something to give I can come back kind of thing so, yeah I, I think it's just more Yankees, him so. trying to claim his trying to save yeah, his career yeah. I think more than anything I think so we think he's done the, uh, the issue the issues he's had you don't just have him I mean it doesn't just go yeah. away it's I a concussion it's all led to that from that concussion he got wasn't it for me he's um, never been consistent enough even yeah I mean I think, as one of our 
things got up, like pieces going forward. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think if he has to have a career, it won't be it won't be the Yankees. That's for sure. Yeah, so a lot to look forward to. So let's go back to Mark's golden question that we said we would come come back to over and over. Starting shortstop next season, David. Simeon. Simeon. Jason. Right. Jack. Is this who we want? Who we think? No, who you think it's going to be? Think. Geo. <laughs> Captain no. Negative, a new Captain Negative. I love it. No, but I won. I won Korea. I, won, I, I think won Korea as well. Uh, the, his his postseason, his clutch hits, his attitude. Oh, he's just normally yeah. is an absolute knobhead, and I can can't stand the guy. But as we said earlier, if he comes to the Yankees, he's our knobhead. And <laughs> yeah, we'll him. love him and sleep. No, him, he, right. he, his his play is something just clutch hits. What springs to mind when it comes to Korea? No, Korea is what I want, but I just don't think so. Blakey, I'll go for Seager, but I'm I'm waning on him a little bit. Just having seen a couple of the games in the postseason, and he's made a couple of really bad errors. He's not he's not got the frame of a shortstop, um, mm. but also so ultimately he's going to be a third baseman, which I'm actually okay with because he could be. Shortstop for a couple of seasons, and then Volpe takes over at shortstop, and we move Seeker to third. And I yeah. kind of like that scenario, but having just seen his shortstop play in a couple of games in the postseason, I'm thinking, oh, not so sure now. That's that's the issue. Um, the Yankees have, I think, long term yeah. is that their things that top two prospects are both shortstops. So if you get a Correa in, you're essentially saying that those two shortstops that are your top two prospects aren't aren't necessarily going to play shortstop for the Yankees because Correa is going to get a 10-year deal, isn't he? you got to remember the Yankees signed Alec Rodriguez, who was one of the top shortstops in the game and fired him at third base. So Yeah, but they had a... They had a, a yeah, G- but I mean, if they've got Volpa coming through, then Correa would probably have to move over if he is that good. If he's good enough to displace him, which he would have to be hell of a good to displace Correa. But I do think the Seager move makes sense. He's a lefty, isn't he? Um, it's as you say, he can slip over to third. Um, well, he needs to. He's got his, his body frame. He's six foot four. That's not. And that's not a shortstop's frame. Yeah. So he just he would he just looks more to me like a, a more natural third baseman. Um. So. Yeah, I th- it's gonna be interesting. I still think the Dodgers will be signing, but. Yeah, I mean if the Dodgers. Yeah. And everyone, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> they get who they want. A bit like Newcastle are going to make. Oh, don't, don't. Love me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not allowed to be happy though, remember guys. I'm not yeah, allowed no, to you, be happy. You need to be Because I, sh- I shouldn't be supporting that club. Yeah. Um, let's just throw it out there. Who's going to be the starting catcher next season? David. Sanchez. Jason. Yeah, I like Sanchez. Jack. Do I, do I need to answer? <laughs> nah, he don't. Blakey? I think Sanchez as well, because I don't think there's anybody else out there who's going to be a free agent who's really going to add identity to that position. So yeah, oh, I think I think it's going to be Higashioka because opening day will be <laughs> Cole. So <laughs> yeah, well, what leg does Cole have to stand on now? No, he doesn't. He's the, he, that's the he problem. can't go to them and go, I want my personal catcher because they're gonna go, let's let's have a look at the last 
few starts with Higashioka and still look at the wild card performance. Maybe. Yeah, but if he if he insists on it, they're going to they'll let him. I think. I think they will. If, if he insists on it, they're not going to say no and risk him, you know, upsetting him. But yeah, well, I think we've kind of covered enough there. Anyway, um, hopefully we'll get a catch up again in a few weeks' time. See what else is happening. Um, what do we think is going to happen in these two series then? So I believe the Braves leading 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, one, isn't it and it's 2 each in the other series yep, yep. Um, I'm kind of hoping that both Boston and Houston lose but I know that's not possible I d- it's, I'm so on the fence with this because I just dislike both teams immensely well they can um, both lose at different stages can't they yeah I suppose I <laughs> I know I, do you know the thing is, I really want the Dodgers to win it all. And it's supposedly looking at Yankees' um, social media, I'm not supposed to think that way. I don't know why. Is it because they're an old rival or what? Or just because they've got so much money? Or I don't know. I just feel I would like the Dodgers to win it. I don't particularly like any of the other three teams. So Houston what's the will, call? Houston will beat Boston and then Houston will lose to the Dodgers. Right. David? Yeah, I was going to say Houston will win game seven. And then I was going to say that they lose to Atlanta. Right. Jack, what are you thinking? Um, I'm going to go Houston just to outlast Boston. And I think whoever from the NL team wins, no matter who plays in, on the AL side, so both, yeah. both teams are better. Than, so I think it's an, an NL winner, whoever wins out of that, I'm going to say great. Mark. I'm exactly with David. I quite fancy the Braves. Um, I like the look of the pitching. And I, I think they've got the kind of team that in the playoffs just perform well. So I, I've been impressed with what I've seen in them. So I'm going to go with the Braves. I'm going to go for a Boston Dodgers final and hopefully the Dodgers win. That's the way I see it. World Series anyway rather than final alright guys well thanks very much as I say hopefully we'll get caught up in a couple of weeks time maybe um, when the season's finished we'll have a little catch up see where things are at and normally we would try and do some some pods through the hot stove season to talk about signings but the hot stove season doesn't get started till February now so I think we will resurrect the stranded at third base Mark Blakemore will be up next when we get that going, um, David and Jason, a few guys are up for that. If you fancy doing a bit of that, a bit of music, a bit of background on your life and stuff like that, um, yeah. I would yeah, love to. Absolutely. I'd love to interview you guys for it. I don't know if you you listened to any of the ones we did previously yeah. last year. They were they're good fun. I enjoyed doing them, and it, it's uh, yeah, it keeps a bit of content going over the winter. Um, I think Mark's got an idea up his sleeve which he hasn't quite shared with us yet for some some close season talk- pods. When we're talking about next season, are we actually certain that there's going to be a season? Yeah, well, I suppose that's what we could cover in the next pod, actually, is that coming into the collective bargaining agreement. Um, that's going to be interesting. And I'm wondering if that's going to alter the timings of when people might be looking at making signings. Yeah. Do they wait? Do they go before? Do they go after? Is it November it's up? Normally, the CBA. It was. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was December, but yeah, it might be December. Yeah, I, I, I'm certainly think it's it's after the season. You never but know. I, they could um, they could get rid of the 
sort of essentially the salary cap and there'll be no penalty for going to $300 million. And yet, Stein Brenner could go, hang on, I'm not going to get penalised, just go to $350 million. And Kev can live his dream of having Correa, Seager, Seager. Trout, you know, you name it. No, I don't want Trout. I want what? Otani. <laughs> December the first, it expires. Yeah, I thought that. I thought it was kind of before the end of the year normally. But that said, that's if they get an agreement, it could it, it could trickle on right into springtime easy. Um, I, I think every time it comes up, we do always expect it to be a bit of um, a potential lockout. But they've been smart enough over the past few decades not to have that happening after the. Yeah, but these are the people strike, that argued but, about money. But yeah, in the pandemic, so yeah, but it kind of feels like that's what I was going to say. It kind of <laughs> feels like this is this is a time when it's potentially about to explode, and it's a bad look for baseball because baseball's already taking some hits um, because of last season. So yeah, all right, guys. Well, we'll maybe get a catch up. That'll definitely be something we can talk about. We'll resurrect stranded at third. We'll see if Mark tells us a bit of secret idea at some point, and we'll we'll we can maybe get something going with that as well. But thanks for listening and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.